It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but it For those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 290 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. As always, check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer. Man, another great weekend in sports in our lives. That's for sure. The Corona Cavaliers pick up a big semifinal victory for the first time ever. Michigan Wolverines in a true trap game prevailed. Wasn't always pretty, but they won. And speaking of not pretty, the Detroit Lions, big comeback late in the game. We're recording this Sunday night, so that's all fresh. We'll get into all that stuff here in just a little bit, but again, I want to remind you of our local partners. They include AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to again take a trip over to the west side of the state, talk with Jason Hutton of Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, get kind of a preview of the Corona Cavaliers' upcoming opponent, number one ranked. Uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But as we always like to do, play a little catch-up. And I just got to tell you guys, my only catch-up is I've been consumed with all this (laughs) high school football. I mean, I really have. It's been just a blast. Uh, you know, I, this is for sure my swan song. What right. a way to end it at Ford Field as the official. For sure. It's it's unbelievable. It really is a storybook ending. Yeah. I mean, it's a hilarious side plot that I've been kind of thinking about. No matter what happens in this game, it's kind of funny to imagine like Ted, like, you know, winding down a legendary career, calling it his last game. Corona. Like if Corona gets blown out, like just think of man, like, wow, what a sorry ending. Or if Corona wins, it's it's like literally a storybook. I mean, you already had the the last dance crew following you at your last play-by-play game. I mean, you might as well have them up there in the booth for uh, this game coming. Yeah, up. well, I'll make sure I drive the castle van right through the Corona Parade if they win. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, do whatever you want, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, this, this is it. So, Carte blanche. 
It, it really is a crazy story. I mean, we'll, we'll get more into the game yeah. this past Saturday and then the game coming up. Obviously, like you said, Jason Hutton's going to give us a nice preview of Catholic Central, and then we'll, we'll give our thoughts too, of course. Um, but just a dream run by Karana in your last year. I know you said you might fill in maybe here and there, but That'll your last year yeah. right, doing it kind of more full-time you get to call the Corona Cavaliers at Ford Field. I mean, it's something we were talking a little bit before we started recording. And I've, I've told some friends and commented on a couple Facebook posts. Like, honestly, it it feels like a dream. I mean, it I does. think, you know, we all played at Corona. We've all grew up in Corona. We know the athletics and all that, you know, the track. And, you know, obviously basketball has had some success and cross country and some other sports, wrestling. wrestling. And it's like, but football, man, I don't, it's just that one thing to think of. Corona football being at Ford Field and the state championship is almost surreal. You you guys are, I mean, Jared, I know you don't live locally now, but you're still pretty close. Ted, you're right there in it. I can't imagine what that town, it's it's just got to be buzzing. Everyone has Corona gear on, I bet. Oh, yeah. So cool. They're on fire for sure. And Jared, I mean, you've been at a few games. This game you were at on the field with a camera, you got to soak up the atmosphere. What right. was it like down there? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's 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 weird to say. We talked about last week, man. It's like it's like almost getting boring. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's like they're so good that they're killing these teams by fifty. I mean, Flat Rock. You knew within the first snap, like, oh, this is gonna be a running clock. Like they they don't they don't even have the horses to to stick with Corona. So it's almost like boring, man. I mean, you look up, it's thirty five zero at half, and uh, it just kind of came and went. One thing, and I know Ted, I know you are gonna bitch about this as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one facility we got. I mean, one, the the atmosphere was just a little bit dead. It was nice. You know, obviously it was awesome semifinal, but just not the site that I always envisioned Corona punching their ticket to Ford Field at. Press box was horrible. Bathroom, horrible. you went to the bathroom, you had to wait 40 minutes every time because there's like two urinals and one little stall. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, maybe I'm going to tee you up for that, Ted, because I know that that's a very small subplot of the game. But what did you make of the Ypsilanti Lincoln facility? Well, yeah, you know, I hate to bad mouth, but you're right. I mean, if you're going to have a semifinal with a D5 team, you know, you, you should have room for the media, you know, and that, that's just rule number one. I mean, they, they, the stands were decent. They were overly sized. It was a nice turf field. And, you know, the whole campus they have there is nice, but I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, you know, we had a broadcast outside in the weather. What if it was raining? I mean, right. we would have been screwed. And and the bad part is, you know, the AD, nice guy, said he was going to have us all set up when I got the first inkling that we weren't going to be in the press box. And that was early last week. I mean, has he ever put on a football game? Because he had us, <laughs> he had tables down on the track. We were... We were supposed to broadcast down oh, on the I track. Oh, I saw those tables. I those saw were, those, those tables. Were for us. Those were for us. <laughs> wow. What are we, Pat McAfee? You know? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Nightline um, view, man. It, that's different, but you can't you can't call play by play like that. You know, where no, you have no idea where the ball's at. That's definitely not ideal to be doing a radio broadcast from there. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, especially when you hear what Ovid LC played at a brand new facility in Grand Blaine. Oh, I was jealous. Yeah. I was jealous um, of that. For sure. I think it was Catholic Central. They played their game at Ithaca, right? Yes. yes. And so that I know they have a great facility. I think the Belleville game, um, versus Davison was at Novi, which is oh, like yeah. 
beautiful. The best, one of the best in the state. So right. when you hear all, of all these other settings and you, you guys are trying to call play-by-play down on the track, that's kind of funny. Hey, <laughs> might have, bring that up. Bring that up with your guy, Jeff Kimmerly, who was on the, the podcast yeah. last week, maybe. Yeah, I, I got to be nice right now because I want to make sure I get into Ford Field. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> right. So I'll wait till after that. I do No, wanna... it was cool. I'll, I'll say real quick. It, it was really cool to be watching the Michigan game and mm. being able to listen to the call. I mean, it was a little hectic yeah. because the, like, the, like we'll, we'll talk about it later, but the Michigan game was uh, <laughs> Got um, a little bit stressful, I guess, but right. trying to listen. So I'm, I was kind of glad that Corona blew him out and I could kind of half right. pay attention to Corona and then watch Michigan. Cause if both games would have been nail biters, that would have been very stressful. But, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do want to mention, uh, you know, the big news, you know, Jim Woodworth, the spearheading uh, a big yeah. party down in Detroit at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, Sunday afternoon, about 12 o'clock, 12 to three o'clock. I think it's the official party time. Three point podcast will be down there broadcasting live yeah. from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is going to be a blast, guys. And I've already gotten a lot of input from Cavalier fans that are planning on going down there. So follow our social media sites. You know, there'll be all the details there. I think there's a $10 cover charge. All ages are welcome, but there'll be food provided. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. And I think that the $10 cover I saw is a donation yes. to, is it the Corona, um, foundations? Corona uh, foundation. Fund? Yep. All the profits go to that. Yep. So, you know, it's a, it's a good cause too. You get to go there and I mean, That's man, awesome. be amongst Cavalier nation and just talk about Corona for a few hours before the game, have right. some food, have a drink or two, if that's what you want to do. And then, yeah, we're going to do a, a podcast live. You mentioned Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. It's basically going to be like a game day, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not to that scale. Obviously. Yeah, maybe not James Madison. Maybe not quite the James Madison scene that there there was this last weekend. But it, it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. it'll be cool. It, I, I, we're just going to be there uh, amongst the crowd. We'll talk about Corona. We'll we'll try and do some interviews. Jared, you're going to be tied up, obviously working for Bally. Right. Hopefully, you can maybe step away for like ten five ten minutes and yep, hop right. in. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be it'll be broadcasting live on our Facebook page. So anyone out there who's listening who doesn't like or follow us on Facebook, do that. And if you're not going to be down in Detroit, you'll be able to watch that cool party on our Facebook Live. It'll be fun. Can I? So since I'm jealous, of you guys. You know, normally when I log on to this podcast, I'm like, God damn it, I got to talk to these two guys again. I'm just joking. But this 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 next Sunday, I'm like, God, I really do wish I was there. Here's a couple of topics I want you guys to touch on. Can each of you guys provide us with your Mount Rushmore of your top four Corona teams of all time? Yeah. And then can we teams? teams? And then can we do the we the quarterback thing has been a debate recently. Can we get the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks as well? I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be pissed with both of your guys' lists on both of those, but uh whatever. I think the fans will appreciate it. So is this are we going personal lists? Or is this we're we're trying to be legitimate? It, Up the, to like your the, interpretation. I think that's that's your own interpretation. However, you want to take it. Because you know, I I remember some of the quarterbacks I watched as a kid through the '90s, but they maybe wouldn't be on the like technical Mount Rushmore. So okay, I think the way I like to view it, Ted, Ted is kind of more so like the Corona historian. So yeah. his has to be more by the book. Yours is your interpretation. Okay. That seems fair. Yeah, why fun. not? Yep. And you know, depending on what we're doing at the uh, and when it comes up at the uh, tailgate. We might ask some other people's opinions, you know. Right. Go and we might have some of those people on the Mount Rushmore might be there. And Absolutely. We can, say, we can say, "Come on over here and talk to us." So that's <laughs> yeah. going to be really fun. I mean, yeah. it's just a. I'm I'm glad that I'm able to fly back for it and and be there finally. That's awesome. There's no way I could miss Corona at Ford Field. No way. Yeah. 
in the, what is your official like when are you because don't you work saturday i do i, I work saturday what are you think, what is your flight what are you do what is your plan i think i'm actually even doing a 10 o'clock game saturday night so no. and then i have a six o'clock flight sunday morning oh, wow. so it's gonna be oh, a God. quick turnaround but hopefully I'm, it I'm doesn't be, get canceled <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that'll be yeah. sitting in the airport watching it on his, that would don't even speak that into existence that would be hell oh yeah my that, God. that's why i scheduled it early on saturday because if there was a delay or two i'd still be able to make it yeah. hopefully I'll, i'd at least be there by noon minimum so i can be right. for the the live podcast but all right good it'll all work out it'll be a yeah. good time good deal well Speaking of uh, the Corona Cavaliers, we're going to have the prep spotlight coming up next. We're going to be speaking with our man, Jason Hutton, out of the Grand Rapids area in Fox 17, right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. All right, let's get this prep spotlight going. As always, the prep spotlight is brought to you by Jacobs Insurance. If you have any questions or needs for insurance, head over to the great people at Jacobs Insurance and they'll take care of you. But this week we've got Jason Hutton on again. He's been on uh, Three Point Podcast a number of times now. But this is a big weekend, obviously, state championship weekend coming up uh, after the holiday. And this is a big time of year, right, for you guys, especially on the west side. You always have a bunch of teams to cover, it seems like. Always, yeah. We got we got four this year, which is actually maybe a little less than we've had in the past. But always fun. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know what to do on Friday. I've never had the day after Thanksgiving <laughs> I know. off. And this year, I, I'm really not sure what to do with myself on the day after Thanksgiving because I'm used to being a Ford field, but it'll be Saturday, Sunday this year. 
You watch watch that Michigan State Penn State game at, at Ford Field, right? Oh man, what a game that's going to be! How exciting! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously you know what we're 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 going to touch on first. We'll 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 get to some of the other teams that you guys are covering over there. But Grand Rapids Catholic Central will be teeing up against our Corona Cavaliers, who beat Flat Rock this past Saturday. Running clock again in the second half for Corona. I mean, they just they've they've been. They've been steamrolling teams, obviously, all, all season. It's been an awesome run for the Cavaliers. That being said, they're going up against one of the best programs in the state in any division in Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Five out of the last seven years, they've won a state championship, what, 11 total state championships. So, I mean, this this is one of the premier programs in the state, not just in the uh, Division Five. Uh, break it down for us, for for our listeners, Corona fans, or just fans of you know um, the state championship weekend. As, what is Corona up against when they when they see the Cougars of Grand Rapids Catholic Central this this year's team? Yeah, this is a really good team, a really good Grand Rapids Catholic Central team, and that's saying something because the bar is so high for that program because of all the things you just said, Matt. I mean, they are year in and year out, they're really good, and this is a really good Grand Rapids Catholic Central team. Um, they have a quarterback in Connor Wolf, who who I really like. I thought he was the player of the game when they beat West Catholic two weeks ago, thirty to twenty eight in that regional final. Um, he's a senior. You know, two years ago when they had um, Joey Silveri as their quarterback, Joey hurt his knee in the South Christian game of the regular season, and they ended up going with John Passano at quarterback, who was another senior who who was outstanding wide receiver, a great athlete, and they played him at quarterback and ended up winning the state championship. But, you know, that was a really good Grand Rapids Central team, and they won a lot of games by. A lot of points so connor is a sophomore got to play a lot of those games including the state championship including the state championship game so um he's got lots of varsity experience was the starter last year's been the starter all the way this year um he's throwing the ball really well i mean grandma's Catholic central is an outstanding passing team that's what they've always been under todd colster they can always throw the football he's got a lot of great weapons the offensive line is good and experienced and, but really, it's the skill. I mean, we talk about Kellen Russell Dixon, who is uh, their starting running back. He's a three-year starter at corner. I think he's outstanding. I don't know where he's going to end up in terms of college. I hear I, some Ivy League schools are looking at him. Certainly the GLIAC, Ferris State wants him badly. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think he could play at the MAC personally, but we'll see. what. I, he's just a really good football player. Yeah, so, so, so outside of Kellen Russell Dixon, they're, they're wide receivers. Um, Mill Coleman III is a wide receiver who came in from North Farmington. This is his first year at Catholic Central. His dad is, of course, Mill the Thrill Coleman, who is an outstanding player at Michigan State. And they have Jamie Williams as a wide receiver, a junior number one, who's really good. They've really been going to him here in this playoff run, who's been outstanding. Austin Baxter is another player as a senior who, who was a safety for them, moved to linebacker this year, but they play him at wide receiver some too. And that brings me to the defense. That was an area, probably a bigger question for them coming into this season. They didn't return a ton on defense. In fact, Baxter was one of the few, and they moved him from safety to linebacker, so he was playing a new position. That's a thing where with this program, you see them grow and develop throughout the year. Week one, now sure, they played Loyal Academy out of Chicago, one of the best teams in the country, and they got they got rolled. But you can see this defense getting better and better every week. Last week, or the semifinal against Franken, but they were outstanding. Uh, you know, yeah, they shut so them out, right? They yeah. shut them out. Yeah, they held them to you know two hundred and you know thirty yards or something a total offense. So I see the defense getting a lot better. But offensively, I think Grand Rapids Central is really, really good, which I think makes for a fascinating matchup because nobody scored against Corona all year. Right. Right. This yeah, this is I mean, it really does sort of seem like a classic David versus Goliath uh, matchup, which GRCC almost you know what is it five out of the last seven years you said Matt they've won the national or they've won the state championship so 
one game that a lot of Corona fans especially have been kind of circling is saying, hey, they can be beat. And I, I think it was kind of eye-opening last year to a lot of people was that semifinal game versus Gladwin where GRCC lost. Uh, what Take me back to that game, and does, is there something to be said about that loss that Corona actually should come into this game fairly confident, thinking they might be able to pull this game off? I got to believe Corona is going to be confident based on their body work this year. I mean, they've destroyed everybody. They've played great. I, I don't think they need to look at that to say, hey, we have a chance. I think they got to believe they have a chance anyways. That'd be my opinion. Right. If you want to talk about the Gladwin game from last year, I mean, special teams is an excellent place to try to attack Grand Catholic Central. They're going to return two kicks for touchdowns. I mean, I think if you can score in special teams, that's certainly going to give you a chance in a game like that. So this is a very different Grand Catholic Central team. They were really young last year, especially on the offensive side of the football but I think that Corona is is plenty competent and plenty capable. I, I see this as being, as you guys have talked about, one of the best games of the weekend, if not the best game. It's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, we think it should be a pretty good game for sure now. Do you think it's going to be a low-scoring game or high-scoring game if you had to just make a prediction? Yeah, I would probably lean towards lower. It's interesting. I, I just got done talking about how I think Granada's Catholic Central is better on the offensive side of the ball. Looking at the Frankenmuth stats, I was not at the game Saturday when Catholic Central played Frankenmuth. When you look at the stats, so Frankenmuth ran 68 plays. Grand Rapids Catholic Central only ran 40. Now, that's a good recipe, oh. right? If you want to try to beat Catholic Central, you want to be on the on the field more than them. Catholic Central mm-hmm. still won the game 35 to nothing. So you have to you have to make sure you're you're scoring when you're on the field. I just think that Catholic Central's defense is playing a lot better. It seems like Corona's defense is outstanding. I feel like you get in these situations where you get two great offenses like we have here, and everybody says it's going to be a shootout. But what you end up getting is you get two offenses that are really good and maybe they stay on the field. So I don't think there's going to be a bunch of three and outs or, or possession changes. But right. what we'll get is probably longer offensive possessions and fewer possessions is my guess. So I would see this game being probably somewhere in the tw- maybe 20s to, to teens, probably maybe both teams in the 20s-ish if I had to pick. Yeah, coming into that uh... – the Frankenmuth game, I, I saw, I, I looked it up. Frankenmuth was averaging basically like 46 points per game coming into that game against Catholic Central, and Catholic Central blanked them. So obviously very impressive. So you, we've talked about the headlines that the offenses get. We've talked about it all year, you know, the all the headlines that the Bauer twins and Eddington and the other, the other players on Corona's offense get, and rightfully so. But the defense, as, as you talked about too a little earlier, the defense should be getting – as much love as the offense because they've basically been shutting down teams that were putting up points like crazy. They, you know, Goodrich, uh, Hamity, Notre Dame prep. I mean, they've, they, they've handled some teams that previously were putting up a ton of points. So the defense for Catholic central, if you had to say your opinion, where can Corona uh, attack Catholic central's defense? Is it going to be on the ground? Or should they air it out? You know, if you if you had to say like where Corona should attack Catholic Central's defense, what what would you say in your opinion? I really like Grandma's Catholic Central secondary. Um, Russell Dixon at one corner. Uh, Mill Coleman had gotten hurt late in the regular season and didn't play for a couple of weeks. Since he's come back, they he was the other starting corner. They moved him to safety, and Brock Jones, a junior who was the starting safety, has been playing corner. And I was surprised when Mill came back that they didn't put Mill back at corner and Brock back at safety, but they liked the way Brock played at corner. And then Mill played really well at safety against West Catholic. So I like the way Catholic Central secondary is playing. I think it, I think the better way to attack him would be, would be on the ground. I think especially okay. with the quarterback run would be a play because that's just so hard to defend, right? right. Um, but, you know, you got to have to be balanced. I don't think you can just go, hey, we're going to run them 50 yeah. times. That's not going to work. And you're not going to go, hey, we're going to throw it 50 times. You're going to have to have some sort of, 
do ability to do both, I think, to, to, yep. to be effective. And one thing I'd like to mention, you guys have kind of talked about the Gladwin game and, and some of this stuff for Catholic Central. It's probably unfair. And, and when we went out and talked to Catholic Central preseason, I tried, I really tried to guard against this. Like I was, last year was not a failure for Grand Rapids Catholic Central, but it feels right. like it because they didn't get to Ford Field, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you get to the state semifinals and win 11 games. I mean, anybody, almost anybody in the state would kill to do that. But at Grand Rapids yep. Catholic Central, those kids feel like they failed because they lost in the state semifinal game. Like they are motivated based on what happened last year to say, oh, Hey, you know, we can do <laughs> right, this. Right. And I feel like that's, yep. I feel like that's a factor with this team. Important. So For they're, sure. they're probably to the point with the program where you don't want to be the class that doesn't win a state championship. Like that's kind of what you're saying. Whereas Corona's at the point this is their first trip to Ford Field. I mean, you you've covered this sport forever, and you, you know you you cover it better than anyone in the state. How cool is it? Some stories like that that you get on state championship weekend. These teams going for their first ever state title versus teams who've done it basically every year. I love it. I mean, I, I was yeah. thinking about this getting ready to talk to you guys tonight. Corona right now really reminds me of. Belding 1994. I was a freshman at Belding that year. That was our first state championship. And we went to the state championship game and played Detroit Country Day, mighty Detroit Country Day. Probably (laughs) no one given Belding a chance in that game, right? And we pulled it out 50 to 41 in one of the greatest state finals ever played. I mean, Belding was down 33 to 14 at halftime. I remember trying to leave. I was like, let's go home. You know, (laughs) we're getting beat. We're getting beat 33 to 14. We're playing Country Day. I didn't want to stay for the second half. And Belling comes back and wins 50 to 41. This, this game really reminds me of that. I'm not saying Corona's going to win in yep, a crazy yep. game like that. Right. But I'm saying is Corona kind of feels like Belling to me and Catholic Central like Country Day. It's 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 wonderful. Yeah. It's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. Uh, sw- switching gears a little bit. I'm hoping you have some good news for me on this front. So all of us are kind of, you know, Suedo Muskegon fans. They ran, tri- they were still run triple option. That's what Corona ran for the longest time. We know our famous alumni, Tony Anise, was a coach at Muskegon for the longest time. A lot of the scuttlebutt is that they might be running into a bit of a buzzsaw in your your kind of boy Dan Roan uh, for De La Salle. Come on, they got a chance this this week, right? They they I need I them to win this game. They definitely have a chance. I, I would say they definitely have a chance. I, I I think this is the best Muskegon team since the 2017 team, which won the state championship. I it's hard to bet against Dan Roan. He's right. so good. He's <laughs> such a good coach. Right. I'll tell you this: when they played in week two, now that was a long time ago, right? Twelve weeks ago. I mean, Muskegon had the lead late in the third quarter, and they had a bad fourth quarter. Delos had won the game in the fourth quarter, right? And that's winning time. That's what you got to do. Um, I, I would say Muskegon, and I know Delos has too. Well, I'm not as familiar with Delos because I haven't seen them or been right. close to them. Muskegon has just gotten better every week. That's how they went from 0 2 to the state championship game. So I think they have a chance, but I think that's going to be another great game, and it's really hard to bet against Dan Rome. But I think this is a really good Muskegon team. Also in the Grand Rapids area, you got South Christian taking on Harper Woods, both 10 and 3. Uh, how about the Sailors this year? Bat loves the Sailors. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh this is this this is a great run by south christian i i certainly didn't see this coming i think a lot of people are a little bit surprised you know they lost their last two games of the regular season they lost to grimms calc center in week eight which was our game of the week and then they lost to wayland in week nine and then turned around and played wayland in the hmm. first round of the playoffs and played really really well they made some changes defensively you know they weren't playing everybody both ways during the regular season it kind of gets to playoff time and start taking some of your better offensive players playing in my defense they've been outstanding defensively in this postseason run they were not good i'm not, not sugarcoating it here they were not good on defense during the regular season yeah. and they've been really good on defense 
in the postseason. And when you do that, it gives you a chance because when they have Carson Fisk and Jake Vermas on offense, I mean, those guys are special, right? And offensively, South Christian's good. Last year when South Christian went undefeated for only time in program history, they've ever had a 14-0 state championship season, they were outstanding on defense. And they had Jake DeHaan and the crew on offense. They were complete. This year, they just hadn't been as good on defense, but in the playoffs, they have been. I'll say this. I don't know much about Harper Woods, but I was studying them at the start of the playoffs, and they play a, basically a Division One schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, they played the oh, best right. of the best. And I think that I think that Harper Woods is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, Harper Woods' big stud, stud is Jacob Oden. I mean, he's a Michigan commit. Uh, his dad's actually the coach, Rod Oden. Uh, and, you know, basically they started their kind of f- program when those two guys kind of came in, whatever it was, uh, four or five years ago. And they basically said, we built this program to what it is now. Uh, that's a really fun matchup. A lot of people have kind of been lesser on Division Four because how good Division Five has been. But I really think for a, a division that maybe didn't live up to the hype, you know, preseason, I really think it's going to be a really fun championship game. Uh, this is kind of a, a broad question, but we talk about the Division Five game. There's a lot of hype around that one for sure. In your opinion, is that the number one game of the weekend? What one are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, I would say it's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most. I'm really looking forward to Muskegon D. LaSalle. You're asking me like pick my favorite kid here, right? <laughs> I, I guess I guess I'll say D five. I'm I am looking forward to. It. I love the Muskegon D. LaSalle matchup too. Um, I. I, I'm so fortunate that I don't have to cover the D1 game, so I can just sit there and watch Bryce Underwood right. play, which is always fun. That'll be fun, although I don't. It doesn't seem like anyone has a chance. I mean, Belleville's just killing people. It's kind of yeah. crazy to be honest with you. I couldn't believe what they did to Davison. I mean, I saw Davison. They're they're legit good, man. Yeah. To give up 63, I, I would have never, right. never guessed that. So I think Mason Forest Hill Central is going to be really good. I do. I think that's going to be a really good, really good football game. So I'm really looking forward to all of them. Yeah, I mean, Menominee, Lumen Christie kind of seems fun. It's, I mean, Ubley, uh, Whiteford in eight. Yep. I, Rematch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit there and watch all eight games. I, I'll tell you that. Heck yeah. It's the best time of the year, that's for sure. I mean, I know you, you guys know, Ted, you said one time that you guys at the radio station, you guys called six out of the eight games. Six that's in just... our area, yeah. We called six of the eight. I, I almost died that weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, when you have a weekend like that, Jared's going to be covering every game. Right. West West Michigan always keeps you guys busy at Fox 17. Right. But it's it's definitely a great way to, like, sign off on, on high school football season. Speaking of signing off on high school football, uh, you've become one of our favorite people to have on the podcast in the prep picks and preview. And then now coming on the prep spotlight, uh, you you've announced publicly. So I think it's okay for me to ask this. You're, you're officially leaving the business, right? Maybe give our, our listeners a little bit. You're, you're stepping away from local news, huh? I am. Yeah. 17 years I've been at Fox 17. So I guess it was a fitting way to go out. Um, It's, it's a tough schedule, right? And I'm getting old and it's, it's hard to work till midnight every night. It's just, it's just too hard. I basically work a second shift schedule, 3 PM to midnight and uh, all the long hours and weekends. I mean, I love, I love it. I love the job, but I have three young kids and, and a wife and I need to be home a little bit more. And I have this unbelievable opportunity that I'm super excited about to work at power strength training systems. I mean, they're doing so many great things for athletes in the Grand Rapids area and a chance to highlight some of the stuff they're doing. I'll still get to be around athletes and athletics and, and just kind of work a more normal schedule and, and yeah. be home for my family a little bit more. So I'm going to miss many many things about my current job in the last 17 years but i feel like it's the right time for a change for sure yeah well we all got a feeling we'll still see you around uh definitely around the high school football fields without a doubt before we uh, let you go here jason just you know you're winding down here heading into the new year tell our listeners where they can catch up to some of your final stuff 
Yeah, so everything we do, um, all of our newscasts and everything, we stream our newscasts live, fox17online.com, plus all of our content goes there after it airs as well. And we're we're very active on social media at Fox17Blitz, and I'm at jhuff 5 um, Facebook, I, I never thought that Facebook would become what it's become for me. I was never good at Facebook or anything, <laughs> and Twitter was always my thing. But yeah, Fox, uh, Jason Hutton, Fox17, on uh, Facebook has kind of become where people like to get mad at me. So <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there if you need me when uh, when I don't rank your team or I uh, pick against you. People, people get in line now. They want me to pick the other team because I get the picks wrong so much. Oh. So you guys will be happy when I pick Catholic Central in Division 5. You're sitting pretty. All yeah. right. And I will, will think real quick. I do appreciate what you said about your, your top 10 rankings where – just because teams are eliminated doesn't mean that automatically they're spot in the top 10. You might as well not even do it at that point. Might as well just be a survivor pool of the teams that are left. So I appreciated what you said. I agree with you on your stance. <laughs> some some people want to do top 10 and they only want to do top 10 of people still playing. And I just, I've never been that way. Like my, ten, my top 10 is legit top 10. Like I'll rank West Ottawa if they have a losing record, but they have to play all these okay red teams. Like right. I think they would beat some of these division four and five right. teams in the playoffs. I mean, life in division one is is difficult. And when you're playing all division one school, like I'm just going to rank the 10 best teams. I'm not taking into account the fact that you only have three, 300 kids in your school. I, you know what I mean? I'm just ranking the best 10 people. don't like it. Some people don't like it. (laughs) That's all good. They're all still watching though. That's what that's That's number one right there. Hey, we appreciate the time, man. And we'll catch you down the road at Ford field. Hopefully you see you down there. Yeah. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me on all the time. And even though I won't be in the business, if you ever need me for anything, you know, I'll be here. I'm happy to do it. So thanks for having me. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Ensure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys. Always good to catch up with Jason and and see what he's up to. And, you know, we we talked some about it. The the football finals taking place Saturday and Sunday at Ford Field. But the semifinals just took place. And Jerry and I were both there. Matt listened. We talked a little bit about it in the open. But Corona just completely dominated flat rock it kind of was expected Corona was a big favorite favorite going in there but you just never know but jay nettington as he's done throughout the playoffs led the way uh, 111 yards four touchdown runs all in the second quarter just a <laughs> just a great great uh playoff performer right now and you know Corona's quarterback wyatt bauer and steve herrick came up with a great call in the first quarter going for it on fourth down and about six got the uh, the touchdown to Tarek and that really got it off and roll and they never looked yeah. back. I mean, so you said four touchdowns for Jade in this game. He had five last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So just in the last two games in the playoffs, nine touchdowns. I mean, Not that's bad. that's a that's a full season for some <laughs> running backs, you know, in in high school football. So he's definitely seems like he's really taken on carrying the load, but you know, the Bowers playing great, the whole defense in general. Uh, you you guys have been saying it all year on the broadcast. The offense gets a lot of the the headlines, the newspaper mm-hmm. clippings and all that. But, I mean, you, you can't say anything better. You can't say anything more about the defense. Just completely shutting teams down. And some good offenses. I mean, Flat Rock was a really good offense coming into this game. And Corona shut them down, basically. Completely. 
you, you, you notice how Corona, it's almost like Michigan where it's like they, they kill these teams other than this past weekend, Michigan didn't look great where they kill the teams. And then it's like, and then it's like, Oh, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. Right. They keep killing these teams. It's like, I mean, uh, listen, just around the, the scuttlebutt around the office, you know, this is a big, this is a really fun week, you know, for at Valley. So it's like scuttlebutt's like, oh, I don't know. You know, how many times that think of all these people that put these games on every year? I've seen the kind of the young upstart Corona, Frankamu, whoever going up again, and then GRCC waiting on the other side. How many times have they painted this picture and then GRCC kills that team? It's right. going to be different this year. I really believe that in my heart of hearts. I hope it's not my Corona bias, just like, perpetuating my brain i really do think this team has the horses that's going to make this a hell of a game you know to win a state championship and beat a program like catholic central i mean it's going to take a, a great game uh probably run as a, a a plus game uh to win but i mean they're they, they're going to stick with this team and it's going to be a really fun game it's not going to be that grcc grand rapids blowout that a lot of people are accustomed to i really believe that i, I well, tend to agree too, with it. if yeah if, if people are still and I, and I understand that i'm not trying to argue with people i mean i, I get it but Corona handled Goodrich, who went pretty deep in the D4 playoffs. And really? Notre Dame Prep was, you know, a favorite. They were up there as a favorite in D5, and it was close. I know tied at one point in the second half, but then Corona pulled away. So they, they do have some noteworthy wins on, on their resume. But, right, going up against – I mean, it's it's it really is like a David and Goliath type of matchup with – 11 times state champion Grand Rapids Catholic Central, right. five out of the last seven. And then Corona with their first ever appearance, you know, at Ford Field. So, hey, man, you, you got to just stick with what you've been doing all year and, you know, not and, and leave it all out there. And there's there's no reason for Corona not to believe that they can't win this game. I, I can tell you just by knowing these kids, they believe they are going to win this game. And so does Steve Herrick. And that's what you want. You know, uh, the little thing about the injury to Wyatt. Now that's the big question mark right now, but you yeah. know, he suffered an injury in the second quarter. We, we didn't even see it. I don't know if you did Jared, uh, you know, in fact, Casey thought it might've happened when he was holding on one of the extra points, but he hurt his shoulder in the second quarter, about two minutes to go with that one long run around the left sideline on the opposite side of the field you know we couldn't tell anything he came back was uh, after that play was still in the game but uh, obviously it, it was a painful injury but the initial reports that i've received you know he's playing baby he told oh. me this is this is high school broadcasting you know <laughs> i loved it man i really did <laughs> the best part about it, when it happened i loved it yeah. So yeah, I, I think what, what you're referencing is you you ran down there and you, yes. you talked to Wyatt himself during the game. <laughs> yep. And the, the funny part, I, you you know what I'm talking about. So anyone who didn't listen to the game or if you were there, you know, whatever. <laughs> you guys had just kind of uh, brought up the whole Carissa Thompson thing. And right. And the, the drama that she got into as a sideline reporter this past weekend. We don't need to get into all that. But you guys had just kind of made some jokes about that. And then mm -hmm. next thing I know you're running back up and you're like, you're out of breath. And you're like, just talk to Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> His shoulder, <laughs> you know, you do your little report. I was like, this is amazing. Ted yeah. No, it was, <laughs> it really was. It was so simple. And it's funny how like we, whoa, you can't talk to the players. Like, it's funny how you went right up to them. Are you, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> play next week? Oh, yeah, probably. All right. And then right, we're right back and did your job. Hey, that's how you do it, man. You yeah, absolutely. You've done it for 40 years. You can't be shy, man, in this business. That's for sure. And I will say this. I mean, he flat out told me too, I'm playing next week. <laughs> he yeah. said it. So I mean, okay. you gotta you gotta think. 
if, if his arm isn't falling off, he, right. he's going to go out there and at least give it a go. There's no way that you can't, but you yeah. know, hopefully everything is, is good and it doesn't completely affect, you know, his play, but yeah. we, we know too, they, they've got a loaded roster and they got a bunch of guys who will step up if he can't be a hundred percent. So absolutely. And, you yeah. know, and we've talked all year about the offense and the defense. Uh, we've talked about Braden Anderjack, the kicker, which is very strong. I mean, now I think he's got 44 touchbacks alone with all the PATs he's had and the field goals. I mean, special teams was huge in that game against Flat Rock. I mean, they really turned the tide and made it to where Corona just sealed it off. You know, they, they had a block punt. They had a strip of the ball and a kick return. I mean, all aspects of the game. They're just, <laughs> it's the greatest team I've ever seen at Corona, without a doubt. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Complete team, top to bottom. And I know you guys talk about all the line, the, or all the time on the radio. Offensive and defensive line also carry yes. that team. So, yeah. So high praise well. and just get it done. One more to go, guys. One that's more. for sure. Uh, in the D6 semifinal, Almont uh, ended Ovid Elsie's Cinderella season, 41 to 25. Our man, Trace Tokar, you know, finished the season with a solid game, 224 yards passing and a couple of touchdowns. He'll be back for another year next year for Coach Travis Long. So, uh, the future looks bright again for Ovid Elsie, but like I told you, little jealous they got to play over there at Grand Blank. That, that would have been fun to be in that stadium. Yeah, it sounds like a nice facility. Obviously, I've never seen it, but there's a bunch of so Almont. You know, hope we would have liked to see Ovid Elsie make it to Ford Field. This is Almont's. Uh, I think it's their first appearance. They've never won a state title, but I think I saw it's their first appearance too. Right. Um, but there's a number of teams, including Corona who are in the state titles going for their first ever uh, state championship. Right. Um, Mason is in there. Yeah. Really cool story. Really cool sto story with Mason. Ugly, you know, our friends over at Thumb Tailgater over there on, on the yep. east side. Um, Their coach is retiring story. after this game. You know, yep. a long-time coach. I think I saw two other ones. Southfield A&T, they're playing Belleville, so good luck yep. there. Yeah. And Harper Woods, I think I saw who – uh, as in D4. So anyway, I, I just looked up a bunch of teams going, including Corona too. A bunch of teams right. going for their first ever state title. Pretty cool. Yeah, and and I and I can even I just a piggyback of what you're saying, man. I can kind of so like you said that Harper Woods team. Uh, we we did a story on them earlier this year. Basically, Rod Odin is their coach, and Jacob Odin is his son. He's their stud. He's going to Michigan actually. Oh, nice wide receiver, defensive back. Basically, he, and we were talking to them, he basically, Jacob Owen said, there really wasn't a program until we came here. Kind of built this program from basically nothing. Uh, and they just rebuilt their whole new football field this year. So, like, a lot of uh, excitement around that team. And they are playing against South Christian, who yeah. stud basketball team, uh, won the state title last year in football. Jake Vermas, really good wide receiver for them. Uh, and a really hell of a basketball player, too. Same thing with Carson V's who is their quarterback who got hurt uh, and maybe Hutton can expound about that more in basketball, but he was their best basketball player got hurt. Uh, so he's going to look for a little bit of revenge and get a title uh, in a different sport for football. Probably we're looking to say, do the same thing in basketball too. And then De La Salle and Muskegon in division three. I mean, two powerhouse yeah. programs there every year. I mean, Muskegon only have won one state title out of their last seven trips to Ford field. So just looking mm -hmm. to kind of change the moment mo mojo there. We talk about for, uh, Mason and Forest Hill Central. I think Mason's going to be the favorite in that game. Yeah. Lansing, Mid-Michigan, like we talked about, Ted, your swan song. They put it together for you this year, man. They did. Like, we're going to we're gonna have a, some good football squads. Uh, <laughs> and then, like you said, Matt, I mean, Belleville, Southfield A&T. Southfield A&T's quarterback, if you mentioned in the prep spotlight, our prep picks get way back when. 
uh, Isaiah Marshall, that's the court, that's the quarterback who had the kind of the, one of the smartest plays I've ever seen where he fumbled it in his own end zone for a, for a, a touchdown. They get the ball back. It goes down, Marshall down and scores. He's going to Kansas. And then we don't even need to talk about this, but Bryce Underwood, oh. number one player in junior class, going to announce his commitment on January 6th, I believe of this year. Uh, a lot of people are thinking LSU, maybe Colorado, yeah. maybe Michigan. So that's going to be a really fun matchup in Division One. After you guys are all walking out of the stadium, you know, with the title on your head, with the crown, heading back to Corona, <laughs> but I'll be there watching that one. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a really fun weekend, man. I think there's a lot of really fun matchups for sure. A lot of good matchups and, oh. and some really cool stories. I mean, I think Jeff Kimberly mentioned it last week when we talked to him. There's a, and you know, Jared, you're doing all these stories for Bally Sports. Just so many cool stories, you know, that always come out of this weekend. Yeah, as Jared likes to say, all hands on deck, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to be a, a long weekend for the boys, but yep. it's always well done for sure. All right, guys, let's uh, take another short break and uh, talk a little bit of college and pro football right after this. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is Fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Duran. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday 7:30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Duran. Saturday and Sunday lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Duran. Memorial Healthcare, Fast CR, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. All right. We're going to talk about what a awesome win that was. Uh, we, we will. I know there's one thing i got to say. The Aiden Hutchinson thing, man, it's reaching a <laughs> boiling point. It really <laughs> is. Where every time that God, it's like, I'm starting to hate him. I love him. I'm a Michigan man. He freaking beat Ohio State for us. I'll owe him my life forever. But the nonstop negativity that I receive every time that God dang player makes a play. And it's always like the, it's always the explanation point on these wins. Strip sacks. We saw it against the Falcons. Can we have one of these plays in, in, a, in a clutch situation where it's like the game is actually still in balance? I know it, it technically was today, but it really I mean, this that was a pretty clutch play. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm kind of going back on what I'm saying. But basically what I'm saying is, Hutchinson, thank you for making that play, but you're making my life hell, man. So I guess it's just kind of a win-win. If he, if he doesn't perform, I don't have to hear about it, but when he does perform, it's usually an Alliance win. But flat out, I mean, that was the official – I mean, we've said this like 10 times now. 
that had to be the official end of the SOL era, right? Oh, yeah. Just uh, what a that's a game the Lions lose 100 out of 100 times up right. until today. I yeah. can't believe it. I really couldn't. I had basically accepted it was a loss. I did, uh, with probably eight minutes left to go when Justin Fields had that big first down run. I said, this is a loss. And the next thing you know, the entire momentum just totally changed and the Lions ended up getting it done. I mean, what a awesome, awesome win that was looking to be like, what in the F is going on? This is the worst loss in the last couple of years. So just w- what a great win. It really was. What more can be said? Yeah, overall a great win because it was a game that they, even though they were 7-2 and two coming in and a couple games up in the division, the Bears only had three wins. It's at home at Ford Field. The, you know, the game before Thanksgiving. So it's like you have to win this game at mm-hmm. home division against, you know, one of the First worst team the teams, at least, yeah, record wise in, in the league. And they come out there, and I know you guys know what I'm probably about to say, but Jared Goff just goes out there and, and uncharacteristically, because yeah. he usually does not play like this, uncharacteristically throwing some really bad interceptions. I mean, I know the one got tipped, but it still was a really, it it looked like it would have been a bad pass. So it was just, it was a really, it almost looked like they were looking ahead to Thanksgiving. Like they thought, okay, Bears, yeah, we'll we'll handle them and we'll worry about Thanksgiving after today. And Justin Fields came out and was playing really well through like three and a half quarters. And then, you know, the last couple drives, he kind of, you know, not like fell apart, but didn't, didn't seal the deal. But all credit to golf. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm not buying the Jersey and hanging it up on the wall behind me. He's still not my favorite quarterback, but he very easily could have after that third interception and they were down 14 points or whatever it was, he could have basically mailed it in and been like, Hey, let's just get out of here and let's, let's move on to Thanksgiving. But they battled back. And I, I told you, Ted, and I was, we were, we had a couple errands we were going to run this evening. We had a couple things we wanted to do. And I was like, you know, I thought that the Lions would have it in hand. And I was like, we'll probably be able to leave like, you know, early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter. I'll listen to the rest. I'll check, you know, the final score. Uh, Wouldn't you know it? They, you know, when we're trying to do something, they're trying to battle back. And I was about to be like, let's just go. When they were down a couple scores, I was like, let's, I can't watch the end of this. Let's just go. They score that deep ball to JMO. And I was like, oh, of course. All right. I got to watch this next defensive drive. They get a stop right away. And I'm like, okay, I've got to watch this now. Golf drives him down the field. I mean, like a master class. Just that that drive for the winning touchdown was just like bink, bink, bink. David Montgomery with a bunch of big runs. And it was just like, now this team, I mean, are they gonna win the Super Bowl? You know, I don't know. Who who knows? But SOL is gone. Yeah. Because like you said, any other Lions team would have lost that game. And hey man, well that that's team. like a game that the Lions would that the Lions were the Bears, right. you know, my whole yeah. life. Really, that's like the type of stuff that would happen to the Lions. What happened to the Bears today? Right. So it's just it's nice to be winning these games that you should be losing. It feels like we've had a couple of those this year. The Lions are legitimate Super Bowl contending teams. Whether they can get through the playoffs is going to de- depend on the draft or the draw, you know, and how right. it all shakes down. But and how they're playing at that time. But I mean, this is a game, and you're exactly right, Jared. And normally, Lions would definitely blow this one, but kind of a kind of a, a contrast. And I tweeted it that when the Lions forced them to kick that last field goal, that defense came up big right at that point to make it a 12-point game. And, you know, you've seen enough NFL games to know still things have to fall in place. But there was plenty of time to get those two touchdowns, and the Lions just magically did it perfectly. (laughs) It was just absolute perfect, the last two scores and drives. It it was just so fun. 
All they had to do was get that one touchdown in the end zone, make it a one score game, get the pressure on fields. And you knew, I mean, you get, this is my favorite saying, you know, with scrub quarterbacks, fields is fields is going to fields. So just, you got to give him enough opportunities to show his colors. I mean, this defense, it was not a great day for them. Any quarterbacks with any mobility seems to really kind of be like the kryptonite, which is not good when the teams we're probably going to have to beat are Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. But we'll worry about that come playoff time. Um, but they got it done. And, yeah. and this team is getting some pieces back. Gardner Johnson's licking his chops, comes back. We know James Houston hopefully can provide something to this pass rush that's just been terrible. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, they got it done. At the end of the day, the NFL, we talk about it week after week. Dan Campbell says it. He probably already said it in his post-locker room speech that I haven't seen yeah. yet. Yeah, you know, they dropped anytime it. Anytime you win in the NFL, it's hard to win in the NFL and they won in the NFL. Yeah, and especially in the division because now that's another division win. They get the Packers on Thanksgiving, who they already beat, at Lambeau. So, you know, in theory, that should be a win on Thanksgiving also. And we we get to go into our, our holiday weekend riding high as Lions fans. If you're sitting at, so they're eight and two right eight now. Two. We're heading into Michigan high school football state championship weekend and the Lions are nine and two. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty good with like a three or four game lead in the division or, you know, whatever it would be at that point. Man, I, I think we're feeling pretty good. But no, I mean, I think. As long as the offense is playing like this, I really think they can play with anyone. Because yeah. even if they do get into a shootout like they did uh, last week, you know, they they can put up thirty to forty points if they have to. You know, when they when yeah. they played the Chargers, but yeah, the defense at some point is going to have to come up with some stops, and they did today. So credit credit the defense because yeah. they did when they needed it too. They did. Yep. Um, and and I, Matt, you're talking about how precise you know golf was down the stretch. I'll take golf. If you, if you, if, if I know that you tell me any team faces opponent in the playoffs, you're going to be down three points with Jared Goff with the ball, three minutes left. Like I'll take those odds any day of the week against any team. He's just, I love him, man. I, yeah. I just, there, what more can you say about, about golf? He played horrible. First, th- first three quarters of the game he played horrible. And maybe that's the most impressive part about it. Just put it behind him and played flawlessly down the stretch so it's just it's it was just a really awesome awesome you know snatching victory from the jaws of defeat uh which really was important to me because i mean going to this thanksgiving game think about you know what's a bummer especially for us ted the one year the lions are actually good we watch that stupid thanksgiving game every year as a family and it's always a shitty game that they're losing by you know 20 30 and it's a meaningless game the one time it's actually a good game and like a a team that's on the rise that's trying to win a super bowl it's like we're not even gonna be watching it so (laughs) kind of just a bummer man but but what was important about winning the game today is now we're going into thanksgiving with a lot of momentum and it's really going to be an awesome environment on thursday I'm going to try to go to the game. You know, uh, I've talked about it. I'm just waiting for standing room tickets to go on sale. Hopefully, first thing tomorrow morning, if they're not too outrageous. If they're a couple hundred bucks, I'm buying a couple tickets. But if they're like 300 bucks, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that's going to be a rowdy atmosphere. That's for sure. I, my my uh, sister and her husband and, and one of my nephews were there. And they were they were sending some pictures, a couple videos. And I mean, right. you could you could tell on the broadcast. I mean, it was. That place was oh, loud. <laughs> How would you rate your excitement to see Jack Harlow perform live? Not really enthused, but <laughs> he's okay. But it just seems like yeah. they, they get just duds compared to the, they like, really the do, man. Cowboys and stuff, man. They really do. Yeah. They need to figure that out. It is like, what are we? It's like, you know, you're exactly right. It's like the Cowboys halftime show. You'll be watching at seven o'clock. 
it's awesome. It's like Jonas Brothers. It's like Chris Stapleton. Right. And then we have like Big Sean, Jack Harlow. Right. Uh, what What was it the one year? Like Andy Grammer. It's like, what yeah. are we doing, man? Yeah. It seems like they're they're trying to figure out, do we try and get someone like to a- appeal to the young people? Or do we go with like, you know, just a classic person? Or, you know, like, do we get someone kind of local like Big Sean? You know, like it, it's, I don't know. It's got to be kind of tough. And also like. It'll be horrible. You know it'll be it's horrible. probably gonna be horrible, right? <laughs> I can't wait to hear your like on the field read. Maybe more so than the actual game. Take mental notes of how that's going down. I think that's what we need a report on next week more than. Maybe I'll do a live tweet from this. If I'm at the stadium, maybe I'll do a live tweet <laughs> after the performance. All yeah. right, all right. Well, let's move on to college football, guys. I mean, I I did get a chance to listen to the last quarter, and yeah. I watched the entire replay today. Uh, I mean, what happened? I mean, they went out and they just were kicking their butt and all of a sudden Maryland got a little momentum going and it, it was a heck of a game, man. There was a couple of debatable calls too that kind of, I think, cost Maryland down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you're referring to that intentional grounding on a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like they, they even said on the broad, that's kind of technically like a, a judgment call by the rest. Yes. There isn't like a a hard set receiver has to be within 10 yards or whatever. So the refs right. thought that that was grounding. They called it. Obviously that basically decided the game when they, when they called that, Yep. but they Maryland was really backed up. So it would have been a tall test for them to drive down anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think we saw, I texted you guys. I think we really saw on Saturday, the effects of not having Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines you know, for all the people who are like, he's just a glorified cheerleader on, on Saturdays. You know, he they get all their work done during the week, putting in the game plan and all that. And then on Saturdays, he's just there cheering on the guys. He does any head coach. I'm not just saying just Jim Harbaugh. Any head coach does so much more than that because, you know, Sharon Moore, who's the acting head coach now, you guys know this. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking, but he's the, he's the offensive coordinator. So when Harbaugh's there, that's all he has to do. Focus on the offense. Talk, and he's, he's also the offensive line coach. So talk to the offensive line. Talk to the guys up in the booth about, you know, the offense and all that. Harbaugh can argue with the refs. Harbaugh can right. talk to McCarthy when McCarthy maybe is struggling a little bit. Harbaugh can talk to Mike Hart if he's got, you know, Harbaugh can do all that other stuff. Moore can just worry about the offense and the offensive line. Now, Sean Moore has to be in the ref's ear. Sean Moore has to be talking to special teams coach. He's got to be doing all this. And I think... We're seeing the effects of that. And I think, I mean, whatever you feel about Jim Harbaugh, he was, I mean, uh, a former quarterback in college and a really good quarterback in the NFL for a long time. So he knows the position. So when McCarthy's having a game like Saturday where, you know, maybe he's missing a couple throws, it's starting to get a little iffy or whatever. I think having Jim Harbaugh there for his quarterback is huge where he can just talk him through, like, what are you seeing? Or, what did you see on that read that, you know, what play is working, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And now Harbaugh's not there. So who does, I don't even know. Who does McCarthy go talk to? If he, I, I would yeah, assume no, they've Harbaugh's got a big time calming presence on the sideline for right. sure. And I think like there are some head coaches that I don't think in the actual X's and O's game plan. Like, I mean, I, this is Deion Sanders just flat out. Like, I don't think if you lost him on game day, I don't think he has his hand in all these different pots. He's, right. he's kind of the calming presence on the sideline for Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's really doing much X's and O's wise. I think Harbaugh is almost the opposite where he knows every call that's being made on offense, defense. He's putting his two cents in. He's kind of almost the voice of reason, I feel like, sometimes. Coordinators can get like kind of 
caught up in the in the whole game, wanting to make that kind of miraculous play call, where I feel like a guy like a Harbaugh can kind of bring you back to center. Let's go back to pounding the rock, or let's open up the play-action pass, or let's do dial up that wide receiver reverse that we've had stored away for a while. So it's a big blow not having him there. Real quick before we preview maybe the Ohio State game, we didn't have a chance to talk because this news kind of came out after we recorded last week. What did you guys make of the decision for Michigan to kind of just accept this punishment? Because I was, I and you, I've said it all year. I'm not worried at all about Ohio State game, but now that Harbaugh is not on the sidelines, it's it's all almost like you have to throw all bets out. So yeah. I don't know. I just was very shocked that, that after all was said and done, all the battle they fought, that they ended up just saying we're going to accept it. I mean, my my quick thoughts. I know Ted, you give yours too. I think Michigan. I, I with all of our debates and everything we talk about, a lot of times I fall down the middle. I fall down the middle on this. I don't think. Michigan and Harbaugh are 100% innocent. I don't think this is completely, you know, a witch hunt and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it's the death penalty. Like some people are like, oh, they accepted this suspension. They must know the hammer's coming down and Harbaugh knew everything. And, you know, the death penalty is coming. I don't think it's that extreme. I think Big Ten, you know, because they fired two coaches, the linebackers coach and that Steve Klinkscale, which word hasn't come out, but people said he's like away from the program. I think the Big Ten said, hey, listen, you got a couple coaches who were trying to cover some stuff up. Partridge, the linebackers coach, apparently was telling players, don't tell anyone anything. If the media talks to you, don't say a word. Who knows what else he was trying to cover up? They fired him. So I think, you know, knowing that stuff, the Big Ten basically said, listen, we do have some stuff that would be enough to suspend you for longer. Take this. We won't investigate anymore. Move on. And Michigan finally was like, you're right. I mean, let's just take this and hopefully that's it. You know, the NCAA one is still ongoing, but the NCAA has already said that they don't see a link between Harbaugh and all this stuff. So what else are they going to find? Who knows? I'm sure he's probably still going to face some sort of suspension and maybe a scholarship loss. But, you know, all this stuff also still is not a level one infraction. It's still like level two stuff. So, you know, people acting like, again, death penalty, vacate wins, Go ahead and win the national championship. You're going to have to vacate it anyway. That stuff, it, it's not going to happen unless they find something just absolutely terrible. Right now, what we know, it's not that serious. But it was enough for Michigan to say, "Yeah, take the suspension, move on." Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's as big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, it and is a big deal that Harbaugh's not on the sidelines. So I agree with you on that. That is a big deal. I'm, I'm concerned though that the NCAA, NCAA is not done finding things, and yeah. you know it was disturbing to find out about the cover up. The cover up is always what gets you, and there's yeah, probably that's what, that's what got Trestle in trouble. Everyone Absolutely. keeps bringing up Trestle. Yeah. Cover ups worse than the crime most of the times, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if we're done hearing about you, you. If you think one coach knew about it. You don't think other coaches on that like, team knew Minter about it? Not, no, I, I don't know. How does the linebackers? Go? I, I don't know. It's well, it's, that's it's that's the thing. Ugly. So, so the linebackers coach came. In, he said he he's still saying he didn't know, but when the really? news broke, you know, whatever three weeks ago, when everyone found out, that's when he started telling people, "Don't talk to the media." And who knows? He went and found he destroyed Stallings, his laptop. Destroyed or the laptop. Deleted files. So the that's linebackers. It. The, right, the linebacker destroying stuff, telling the team not to say anything doesn't bother me at all. Right. It, it's, it's destroying your laptop. <laughs> right, right. Well, what, that's what, what I mean. What, he He's still maintaining that he didn't know prior to this. Uh-huh. But when but when the NCAA break the, broke the story or, you know, when the media broke the story, that's when he was like, shit, well, I'm going to go find this Connor Stallions, his laptop, 
and start deleting every email from him and deleting everything. They're all still maintaining that they didn't know about this beforehand. Right. It, it very well could, that could be true. This could have been the stallions dude took his job to an extreme level and the coaching staff just thought he was really good at his job. And then he got this booster uncle T or whatever roped in to pay for it. That really could be the story, you know, or right. Some coaches are just lying and they knew about it all along. And I lean that gonna... way. Yeah. I lean <laughs> that way. And we don't need to spend any more time. I mean, right. as far as I don't even necessarily care what happens after it's like, they'll just win this year. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we don't need to got to talk about it, but I'm officially, I don't think Michigan is the best team in the country. Yeah, I think Georgia's – it's funny. It sucks, man. These SEC schools, it's like the time to get them is like Florida State, LSU, like week one. Once these, these SEC schools start rolling and going through the SEC schedule and getting hard, you know, hardened by steel, it's like they're a totally different team at the end of the year. And then you got Michigan who's kind of playing, you know, Illinois and, and Maryland, and it's like you're just not getting the same, like, molding that those SEC schools are. So I'm officially like – I'd be shocked if Michigan ended up winning national title. I think Georgia just looks that goddamn good. Um, yeah. But any, with that being said, this game, Ohio State, this is a huge, huge game. I mean, two unbeatens, Michigan-Ohio State. I mean, yep. you can't make that up, man. 2006, I remember how big that game was. This game, I mean, I think these teams are have more of a chance at the national picture of winning a national title than those 06 teams ever did. So this game should be getting more hype than that is. I do worry about, you know, we, this team has been so good at, like, staying focused. But once coaches start getting fired, I mean, mm-hmm. those, those they're close with those guys. Those are who recruited these kids. Right. The, the linebackers, you know, they're in the linebacker room with that linebacker coach more than any other coach. Once that starts happening, it's like I really worry about this team really staying on the straight and narrow. I mean, yeah. the walls are crumbling around them. They've done a great job. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, all of them. It's impressive. But I, at some point, man, you got to think it's really starting to wear, wear on them. Yeah. It'll be a yeoman's task to beat Ohio State. There's no question yep. about it. Even at home, with all this turmoil and everything going on, it's got to affect you mentally. And it's <laughs> it's an Ohio State team that wasn't impressive early on, but they've kind of got it rolling now. So it's going to be a heck of a matchup. I get to watch it. I'm not going to be down at Ford Field like <laughs> one of us. <laughs> I mean, you'll still be able to tune into it, but yeah. it's going to be – I love the noon kickoff too, man. That's going to be fun. I do too. Noon awesome. kickoff's great. Luckily, luckily McCord – um, Ohio State's quarterback. He's not. He's not C.J. Stroud. That's for no. sure. They Travion Henderson, the running back, is good, but he's not like some of their past running backs. Obviously, they have Marvin Marvin Harrison, who very well could win the Heisman. Um, but you know, line, the, or Michigan's pass defense has actually been pretty good this year. So, you know, the, the, the I don't think Ohio State's going to you know roll them like we've seen. No. You know, like the Chase Winovich year that we thought Chase Winovich and those guys were going to win, and next thing we know, it was fifty-five to ten or whatever it was. That was so, bad. I don't think it's going to be that. No. I, but the offense is what you know just kind of concerns me because I think the running game is kind of figuring some stuff out. It's not like it was last year. Last year's run game was just insane. But I, I just wonder about McCarthy. I don't. I'm not off of the McCarthy thing like some people are. I just wonder if more Sharon Moore having to also head coach is affecting his game, his play calling. And it was just watching that game. Ted, you went back and rewatched it. Jerry, you probably watched it too. The play calling was just really weird. You know, like Penn state, you could see it was, it was kind of funny to not throw the ball once in the second half, but you could see, they were like, we're winning on the ground. Don't care. We're running the ball. Maryland. It was like, all right, we're going to throw a few times and then we're going to go ahead and run. 
So it was like, how is McCarthy getting into a rhythm? And then, you know, he did throw that red zone interception and bad interception, bad bad interception. It was just one of those, like, if that doesn't happen, they probably score a touchdown and it's a completely different game. Yeah, That happens and it flips everything. And so it was just a weird, weird game. Well, you know, you, you go ahead, Jared. No, I'm not. I'm a little like, if like, you know, I wasn't worried about, I, what I kind of sold myself on with this Ohio state game is like, we're going to have, we beat this team when they had an MVP NFL MVP as their quarterback two years in a row. Now it's like, we have the best quarterback, but then it's, I, at least I thought, I really thought that I still do. This is going to be the game where we find out who McCarthy is. We really do. People keep throwing on the TCU game. He lost that game. Yeah. I know he looked good after that. I really think they're going to have to, they're more than they ever have in McCarthy's tenure. They're going to have to be relying on his right arm to make some plays and it's either going to turn into picks or it's going to be him making incredible plays. That's the yep. game. It, it fall, you know, you hate boiling down this whole season and all the off the field issues. It comes down to JJ McCarthy. If you yep. are the guy that we've been promised, Matt, that you've said he was, I believe you some weeks, some weeks I don't. Yeah. If he is that guy, you have to beat Kyle McCord and this Ohio State at team home. at home. You have yeah. to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. It's a legacy game. For this sure. is the year. Yeah. You, you do. Clay's getting compared to comp to Andrew Luck. I mean, come on, man. If you're that guy, you got to win this game. Right. And I think he will. For my official prediction, if we want to go that route, I, I do think Michigan wins. I think it's going to be really ugly. I really do. I think the play of the game, it's going to be Sanders still is going to make a play that's going to a pick that's going to yeah. you know be a backbreaker for Ohio State. I think Michigan wins this game. I think it's going to be real scoring. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be boring. People are going to be like, what the F am I watching? It's going to be like 25, 25-17, 25-18, 24-17, somewhere right around that, that, that ball game right there. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think it's going to be like last year. Where all of a sudden, Michigan's busting big play after big play and blowing them out by thirty. I don't think it's going to be like that. But it, Ohio State might stack the box and do what you're saying. They might say, "We're stopping." Why Coral. wouldn't you? Right, We're, right. And and McCarthy, especially if the weather's going to be cold and maybe a little rain, little snow, McCarthy, you go out there and beat us. And if you beat us, cool. Tip the cap. You know, you you were a Heisman contender. Cool, you beat us, but we're not going to let Quorum run for 180 yards on us and Edwards again, and you know whatever. Right. So, yeah, I, I still I would predict if we're doing, I would predict Michigan win. I, I think similar thing. I was going to say like 24 17, but I, so I don't want to be the same as you. Right. I'll go, I'll go 27 17, 27 20, something like that. Like one score, one score, seven 10 point win for Michigan. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'll, I think yeah I'll, I'll why not you know let's mix it up a little bit and I'm I'm my heart bleeds blue but just all this stuff that's gone on in the peripheral and the coaches and Sharon Moore you know calling the plays but running the team you know somebody brought up a good point I don't know what you guys think but you know somebody like Mike Hart should have been maybe named and let the coordinators coordinate yeah. I don't know right. if that's legit or not but. I just got a bad feeling. I think Ohio State wins a close one. I just, I just think it's their year. They've lost two in a row to Michigan. You know, they, their coach Day knows he has to win this game, or he's, he may not get fired, but he's going to have all the pressure in the world. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I got a bad feeling, boys. All right, guys, I think that'll that'll do it. Another fun podcast, uh, number two hundred ninety in the books. The Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a 2024 membership, 15% off. Get yourself healthy, get in shape, and get details at memorialhealthcare.org. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, 
Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates, and uh, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Rivals Tap House and Grill. And you know, a couple of those sponsors are on board for the big tailgate down in Detroit next Sunday. Get ready for that Grunna Cavaliers, Grand Rapids uh, Catholic Central game. It's at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Greektown. Just look it up on Google. $10 cover with proceeds going to the Corona Foundation. There'll be foods and hors d'oeuvres upstairs where we'll gather. We're going to have our podcast there live. Jared, you got to break away for at least a segment of it. You know, figure <laughs> it out you, somehow. I will. I Well, here's the thing. If you guys are starting right as this, this uh, game before it's starting, and like that's where it's like, I don't know. If, so we'll, have to, we'll figure it out later in the week. I, I will make okay. an appearance some way, shape, or form on that. All okay. right. I mean, I think, you know, so the, the plan is, you know, Ted, you've, you've been saying that the the tailgate is from noon to three, and then obviously Corona plays at four, so there's time to get from the tailgate over to Ford Field. We're, we were planning like noon noon to one, noon to one thirty if we're having a good time. Ted, you've got to get up to the booth, obviously, but, you know, we're not going to go fully noon to three. We figured, you know, a good no. hour, 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 hour and a half. I think an hour. <laughs> right. May, hour and a half, like if we're really rolling with some interviews. But yeah, I mean, I, I want to also mingle with some people exactly. and, and have a good time too. But yeah, we're we're excited for this live podcast, and we've we've already got a bunch of people hitting us up and you know yeah. saying they're excited for it too. So it's funny it's how the awesome. one the one pod I'm not on, I've heard more people asking me about this pod that I'm not on than any stupid thing I've ever said on this show. So it's kind of <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> Maybe it's good that you're not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> right. so. Anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And uh, the Castle Game of the Week, the final game of the week in the football season, it will be live on Z92.5, the D5 final from Ford Field, the number three Corona Cavaliers, 13-0, taking on number one Grand Rapids Catholic Central, 12-1. They're only lost to a powerhouse team out of Chicago. What what were we talking about there? They got what, 11 state football championships, I guess, in their history just an amazing program so Cavaliers will have to come ready to play which I know they will can I just uh, say it's the real quick I and I yeah. we'll go on way long winded it is the perfect team for Corona to play at Ford Field it really yeah. is like yeah. you, you know it would have been kind of a bummer if it's like oh Corona versus Frankenmuth no it needs to be a David versus Goliath type matchup yeah. that's how I always envisioned it for Corona to be there so it's awesome that it's kind of playing out that way the farm like, boys against the big exactly. city exactly yep. right it's like when like when Boise State went up against Oklahoma in that bowl game. Yes. However many years ago and Boise State pulled that wild upset. You know, it might be something like that. You never know. Well, we're looking forward to the podcast. We're looking forward to saying hi to everybody. And I know the front side of Ford Field will be jammed and having a lot of fun for sure. So we look forward to seeing everybody down there. That'll do it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks again for listening. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.